In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me, that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask your pardon for my sins and the grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me. As we put ourselves in the presence of our Lord, the designated topic of conversation during this next half hour, and I pause with a bit of trepidation, since I have a fear that once I disclose the topic, people will automatically be lulled to sleep. It is on the need for formation. But let's do a little bit of digging. What do we mean by this need for formation? Well, we're looking at formation from a very particular perspective. And that is the perspective of the words of Jesus and the life of Jesus. And there's two indispensable persons involved with our formation, and that is the Holy Spirit and ourselves. Well, the Holy Spirit will always be there for us. Let's look at what we can do. It's an exciting topic, though perhaps the word formation doesn't generate too much initial enthusiasm. But for us to become formed, likened to that heart of Christ, Jesus gives us the goal. In fact, he says, I am the way. I am both the trajectory and the destination. He's the goal, his life, his mind, his self-giving, his happiness. That's the goal. He's the life. But the trajectory is a series of mini conversions or sizable conversions where we become a little, little by little like him. Like the mustard seed, the spores of all seeds, that in tiny, imperceptible spurts, it becomes the greatest of trees. When I was reflecting on this topic, I was thinking of a series of documentary programs on the famous Chicago Bull basketball player, perhaps the greatest of all times, Michael Jordan. It was during the shutdown, and there was a bit more time to see documentaries and pursue human interest stories. 
And it was interesting to note this greatest of all basketball players was cut from his basketball team in his earlier years. Perhaps he was a, a freshman in high school or, or sophomore. And he decided in his own mind that he would not only make the team but be a phenomenal player. And it would be, it would be an unfair example if I said, well, he was just an average athlete and then he just worked so hard that he became who he became. No. On his DNA or the athletic part of his genome, there was a superstar. But nevertheless, because of his size, because he was still not fully physically developed and needed to improve his basketball prowess, he didn't make the team. But he needed to make a mission statement in his own mind, I'm going to be a great basketball player. That's number one. And his coach, he approached his coach to exchange words with him, his desire to be on the team. And the coach said, are you willing to put in a lot of hard work? And to the surprise of his coach, he said indeed he was, and he worked harder than the coach could imagine. He wasn't working out hard and practicing his layup, his jump shot, his dribbling, just for the sake of recreation or leisure. No, he had a goal in mind that he was going to excel in this sport, that he was going to be the best. And I use this example with a bit of qualification. Holiness of life is not perfect performance. Holiness of life is not a matter of learning a technique and practicing. But since sporting examples were good enough for St. Paul, obviously they're going to be good enough for me. Paul came from a part of the Greek world, Tarsus, where he was exposed to sporting events, boxing and marathons. Marathons began with the Greeks, track races, etc., and Paul, in his writings, that he uses from time to time athletic examples, examples of, of competing in a race, that uh, when we compete, we 
we compete to win the race. Uh, we compete to win the prize. I have run the race. I have kept the faith. Words of St. Paul. And without falling into perfectionism or looking at holiness as becoming a superstar, I too need to make a mission statement. I recall in a conversation, obviously I want to live it myself, and one young man was complaining that within the heart of his family there were some frictions between him and one of his siblings. And he opened up and said, you know, I, I'm really trying to live charity. I'm, I'm reaching out, trying to draw my f members of my family, draw them out, listen to them, build them up. And with one of them, it doesn't work. I haven't gotten much of a response. Still, there's tensions between myself and my brother. And I don't know, I'm thinking about telling him off. He says, it's not fair. Well, I gave him the party line, well, life is not fair. That didn't seem to um, change his mindset. And I said to him, well, obviously, you know, if he's not respecting you, call him on it. But you and myself, uh, everybody, well, any disciple of Christ, must be willing to forgive 70 times 7. And I said, and last time I checked, you told me that you were bound and determined to become a holy man, that you, would, you really want to be a saint, though you are aware of your weaknesses and defects sins, you really want to be a saint. And I told him, I said, I don't know if your brother is coming up with that mission statement, but you have. So you are, if you're going to play this game and play to win, you need to love him unconditionally and forgive and not have your affection and kindness and charity governed by his reactions to you, even though love is compatible with perhaps fraternal correction. And so in my work of formation, yes, it's the Holy Spirit. St. Paul makes it abundantly clear that I can articulate the phrase, the name Jesus Christ without the impulse of the Holy Spirit. No question about it. I need to keep in mind that Jesus himself tells the 12 apostles, or 11 if Judas was not there at the time, in his parable of the vine and the branches, without me, you can do nothing. 
And we want to keep that very much in mind. On one hand, the Michael Jordan example is not completely accurate because it, in the spiritual life is not a question of just you know human effort and working real hard. No, it's the Holy Spirit. But at the same time, it is working hard at it. Though we cannot do it on our own, we bank on the Holy Spirit responding to my desire to be that saint. So I'd say step number one in making good use of formation is that I am bound and determined to have the heart of Jesus Christ with no ifs, ands, or buts, without falling into a false humility where I'm trying to convince myself that my sins and my defects and weaknesses are such a big obstacle that even the grace of God cannot manage them. No. Another difference between my sport example and the example of pursuing holiness and playing to win is that I will make it to holiness if I really want to and I struggle. Notice I didn't say successfully struggle. I said, want to and struggle. Where in the basketball example, well, I have to struggle, but I better get that layup down right. I better get that jump shot down right. In the spiritual life, I keep trying to conform every action, every mindset to the gospel. And I may not get it right. I won't get it right. But little by little, with the help of the Holy Spirit, responding to my desires... I will get it right. We'll both get it right. So that's first, that mission statement. And if we go through the modern saints, this won't go over a half hour, and in that celebrated apostolic exhortation written by Pope Benedict XVI, he says we meditate on Christ, obviously through the gospel and his words, but we meditate on the Christ who has matured in the saints. And we can go through our favorite saints. I have a number, number of favorite saints, being a priest of the Prelge of Opus Dei. St. Jose Maria is one of my very favorite saints. His successor, Blessed Albert, another favorite one. Padre Pio, Maximilian Kolb, Sister Faustina, all these modern saints are within the array of my favorite saints. The um, Thomas More, on and on. All of them, let's think of St. Therese, so think of St. John Paul, one of my favorite saints as well. Very diverse with very particular callings, but they all want to be saints. 
So I, I need to make that decision. And who's ever using my words for personal prayer, you also ask the Lord to help you make that decision, that mission statement. What kind of Christian do you want to become? Is it simply to pray, obey, and pay? Sort of an old adage of what's expected of a layperson, which I would kind of banish that phrase from your spiritual lexicon because we're all called to be saints. But do you want to be a saint, not in terms of, well, maybe I'll make it and become famous, there'll be a holy card of me, whether it's, you know, holding a scalpel or a wrench or a carburetor, you know, or teaching a class or holding a football, whatever it is, whatever our profession is. Do I want to be totally centered on Christ? Is that going to be first in my life? We need to make that decision. St. John Paul, when he, a couple of instances, probably more than the two instances I'm aware of, one of his uh, cardinals kind of uh, complained about him, that you know he needed to chill out, take it easy. He was working too hard. Well, that's true. And humorously, St. John Paul said, well, get behind me, Satan. He wasn't reprimanding him. It was just, he said, I'm bound and determined to become a saint. Don't hold me back. And uh, I heard that blessed Alfro, the second head of Opus Dei, waiting for him to come to a meeting room. He heard St. John Paul's feet shuffling. He was walking down the hall. It was even before the Parkinson's. And he said, oh, you know, you're exhausted, your holiness. So, you know, I, I hope you get a good rest. And uh, He didn't say, get behind me, Satan, but he said, listen, you know, at this hour of the evening, I should be tired because I, I am determined to become a saint. I want to become a saint. And if I'm going to really want to become a saint, something to the fact of I kind of need to be tired at this time because sanctity is all about total self-giving. What if I don't want to be? Well, I would say let's ask the Lord to grace us with the desire to be another Christ, to love with the heart of Christ. Let's cultivate a vested interest. What is that vested interest? I want to be a light for my family. Or I want Jesus to be a light through me for my family. I want the Lord to be a light for my friends, for my extended family, for my colleagues. I was talking to a very good Christian policeman. And we're all aware and 
of all the troubles, and I'm not going to get into any polemics at this point. We're all on the same page. We want to do everything possible to get rid of any hint of racism. With that being said, you know, and I'm not, as I said, I'm not going to get into details. That's not my role. Any, this good friend of mine, a policeman, was saying, well, you know, at this moment in time, what do you suggest? So I said, well, this is not very original. Uh, let's both of us in our own particular circumstances and situations take our cue from St. Jose Maria that I need to be, I need to struggle to be Christ for my people entrusted to me. And you need to be a light of Christ for your fellow policemen and a light of Christ among the people you're serving, whether you're keeping law and order whether you're investigating a crime, whether you're in a precarious situation, doing your job, but reflecting the holiness of our Lord, like the early Christians. Two of the saints, at least in the first list of saints of the Roman canon, John and Paul are military officers. St. Sebastian was a military captain. Cosmos and Damon was, were physicians. The second list, half of them were teenage girls or close to it who were witnesses as well. So I want to be that saint so I could be that light of the world. The Holy Spirit forms that holiness in me on God's terms, not my terms. And I say that because a lot of this is falling. It's being humiliated and humbled. It's coming to grips with our vulnerability, our weaknesses, our sins. It's counting on more help from the Lord and Thomas Aquinas, at least I heard it maybe secondhand, was asked that question, allegedly by his own sister. I guess he wanted to keep the conversation short. Um, he paid his dues with his treatises and books and copious writings. What must I do to be a saint, she asked her brother Thomas. And Thomas says, will it, want it. St. Teresa of Avila says, be determined to become a saint. They all, St. Therese wanted to be a saint. St. Josemaria wanted to be a saint, etc. Also Thomas, and I think in his writings and, oh, bow out a bit because I heard it. I didn't, never actually read it. 
but either he was uh, asked at a lecture or it's in one of his treatises, why do good people fail spiritually? And why are good people sometimes overwhelmed by temptation? Could We could be tempted towards pride, towards impurity, greed, envy. And they produce shame. And uh, if we don't play our spiritual cards right, they could get us discouraged. And basically the question was posed to Aquinas, well, why does the Lord permit falls in these different areas? These are good people who want to go forward. And Thomas says, for a greater good. What's the greater good? Humility. Really relying on the Lord's help. The prelate of Opus Dei talks about the danger of voluntarism. On one hand, yes, we want to be determined to be a saint and we want to pull out all stops to do it. But a big part of this, yes, it's struggle and seeking our Lord, no question about it. But it's also counting on our Lord, asking for help, being very good repenters taking advantage of the sacrament of reconciliation to get that strength to offer our spirit of contrition so the Lord fills us with his grace. And as we keep fostering that mission statement of wanting to become a saint, and we need to keep at it because, you know, we are fickle and we could change and circumstances change and we need to keep ourselves in check. And if we find ourselves slipping, and that could happen, or lethargic, I got to go back to that. What's my goal? Do I just want to hang in there? Do I just want to get devotions out of the way? Am I, is there a little bit of a lackluster spirit in the way I celebrate Mass, or the way I go to Mass, the way I recite the rosary the way I deal with others or is there that dynamism of someone who is trying to give glory to God someone who's seeking Christ desire is indispensable but it's not enough we need to know how to march along that way Jesus established by his words and his life. And so the resolution, the general resolution I need to make is to always be on the meditative lookout on Christ, looking upon his life, his actions, and molding my actions onto his. 
his words, taking his words and materializing them in my own personal circumstances and situations. I would also recommend doing spiritual reading. Spiritual reading, uh, my recommendation anyway, is do it in small segments, read a little bit of the gospel, and read some spiritual book. St. Josemira recommends 15 minutes. Within those 15 minutes, a bit of the New Testament. But I would strongly recommend the lives of the saints. Everyone has their own particular calling within the broad parameters of their baptismal vocation to holiness. But reading the lives of the saints, their examples, their words, will move us. And it's the Holy Spirit using that medium to help us change, to help us examine our conscience. And so we want to be familiar with the lives of the saints because the saints are individuals who have let that life of Jesus that, they, that was infused into their hearts and souls in baptism completely grow, completely mature because they sought out Christ and they struggle to conform their lives onto his through repentance and struggle and, and, and interior life. So, Let's finish our prayer. Let me go into St. Jose Maria, since he, one of his claims to fame was to remind everyone, the, the, the ordinary person, the, the social worker, the teacher, the auto mechanic, the administrative assistant, the accountant, on and on and on. You're called to be a great saint. Let's pray to his intercession so that we have those sentiments. And let's go to the Blessed Mother, our perfect model in generosity, and we see how the Holy Spirit interacts with her generosity, making her not only Mother of God, but her Son's greatest disciple. Mary, intercede on our behalf. So one day we reach that impossible goal of nothing less than personal sanctity. I thank you, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations you've communicated to me in this meditation. I ask your help in putting them into effect. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my guardian angel, intercede for me.